Good morning. It's Tuesday the 14th of November and um, this is the cheesecast for the previous two weeks because I didn't actually make one last week. Um, it was the horse race public holiday in Australia, um, Melbourne, um, and um, I took the opportunity to have the, the long weekend and um, I noticed that um, I don't agree with um, horse racing really. I think it's interesting that the um, greyhound industry is, is being shut down. I think that's good. I think um, uh, I've started reading my Six Capitals book in earnest, which is excellent. And just today on the radio, like even um, um, on AM this morning on Radio National, there was a um, story about this paper signed by like 1,500 scientists from 130 something countries. Um, about urban density and global warming and and it sort of it, I mean it doesn't ver take very many connections in my brain to go <laughs> why did we let Tony Abbott get away with so much that he did and he's still wreaking havoc um, by um, stirring up the conservative forces in the Liberal Party um, but uh, I think that as well you know, in a sort of broad sense, the, the, the Labor Party hasn't helped because a lot of their membership and um, support base is tied to industries that aren't progressive either. And that leaves us with the Greens and the Greens are viewed as this sort of, you know, um, lefty, ideological uh, hippies. <laughs> I don't know. And there's nothing hardworking, not particularly well-educated people hate more than hippies, <laughs> especially hippies with degrees. So hippie scientists with degrees, it, it must all sound like their worst nightmare and, you know, they're coming for the jobs and it's just, it's tragic really because it's actually in everybody's best interest to protect the planet and, um, and that, that being something that needs to be said is, um, it, it almost seems like a, a testimony to the, um, the success of the capitalist project in brainwashing the public to believe that economic growth is in their best interest but it never has been economic growth is in the best interest of people who control profit and um yeah it's uh, it's it's sad anyway i'm going to try not to get too um political and i'm going to try not to go off on too many tangents today so in the past couple of weeks i managed to completely devour stranger things too which I loved. It's an excellent second series. Um, really interesting to um, read that they hadn't, the writers, the Duffer brothers, hadn't originally planned for Stranger Things 2 to contain the same characters as trans, as the first season. I think they've got um, four, was it maybe four seasons, maybe six, I think it was four actually, um, planned. But I wonder now they've gone down this path, um, how Stranger Things is going to evolve. It certainly is one of the best scripted, conceived, produced, acted, directed, mu um, produced series that I've ever seen. It's um, and it's completely lodged, like like a like an implant. Um, that New Order song, which I already knew really well from Pretty in Pink. I grew up with Pretty in Pink and John Hughes films, and that moment where she um he's told her that he can't take her to the prom and you know da 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 
just this incredibly beautiful um, sort of uh, instrumental um, electronica piece, very moody. And um, I've, I've ordered the album that, it, that it's off. It's off an album called Low Life. And um, the track's called Elegia, 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 I don't know. I mean, because what's an elegy? An elegy is like, um, oh, I was reading the other day that you mustn't try and use words that you don't understand. Um, I don't know off the top of my head what an elegy is. It's not like a you googly, but um, it might be something fairly similar. I need my dictionary. I've been reading my dictionary again, partly because I finally started reading my David Foster Wallace novel, The Pale King, and I read the first chapter all in one go, um, and it's incredible. I, I really wasn't prepared for how incredible it was going to be, and and now I think the most frustrating thing is that I can't just take time off from everything in my life and read it, give it the attention that it deserves, because, um, you know, I have to get up and go to work, I have to make dinner, I have to, do, I have to make breakfast, and... I have to do the washing it's like I've got so much to do um, that finding time to properly dedicate to to the kind of art that it is is really challenging and it's certainly a difficult thing to um, argue for in the face of the economic argument that I was talking about before like economic growth you've got to you've got to grow your economy you've got to grow your wealth you know it's like I've, I've often wondered if that really is the be-all and end-all I mean I would have thought progressing the species that's not the path that that's going to happen down so um, in order to try and secure time for my mind to wrestle with more complicated <coughs> ideas and and things uh, I'm, I'm meditating and I'm really enjoying but I find that often I need the meditation purely to calm down from the stresses and complications and pressures of, of just normal life so it's not like you ever you ever gain anything it's like a zero-sum game you manage to get back down to flat line so that you are actually at least not worse off tomorrow than you than you should be as a result of today I always loved that idea of the Seinfeld future self past self um, you know, future self does this for, no, past self does this, my today self does this for my tomorrow self, that's how I think of it, pay it forward to your own self, you know, so I did a lot of dishes last night, last night I really wanted to watch The Fall, I'm up to, um, I've just watched the first episode of season three, it, that's an incredibly good show, uh, it's, it's, um, and for someone with my interest in um, gender issues, some of the things that come out of the characters' mouths, it's fantastic. The Gillian Anderson lines are just just <laughs> fantastic. Um, uh, and uh, everybody in it is so good and it's lovely to, um, to hear all those beautiful Irish accents and, Daddy, how you doing? What is he? That little girl is amazing who plays the daughter. Olivia, she's very, very good. She's like Shersha Ronan or, you know, um, Romola Garai or, you know, she's one of those actresses, uh, Sarah Pollard. There's lots of them. They, they um, uh, Tina Majorino, they're really, really good when they're young. They're very, very talented young actors um, as children. 
I think Macaulay Culkin was probably very similar. You know, they're good at handling emotional weight. And then you've got the, the cast of Stranger Things as well. They're like 12, 13, 14, and they're at the older end of, you know, this sort of age group. But you've got to remember that we've got some incredible working actors who are five, six, seven, eight, you know, that... Yeah, it's really... Anyway, I think Olivia is amazing and um, I, I really look forward to seeing what happens to her career. Hopefully she turns up in something better than a NCIS. Um, the uh, sexual assault um, uh, cases continue to emerge. Uh, Louis C.K., um, Kevin Spacey, obviously... Um, uh, Dustin Hoffman um, and uh, there's been some really interesting writing about how that affects the artistic product of these people you know people do bad things um, the, the art isn't I mean Pablo Picasso he was, he was a bit of a dick wasn't he I mean there's a lot of abusive men in art there's a lot of abusive people in the world and creative Creative people aren't immune to um, Woody Allen, didn't he say that? An artist makes his own moral compass, and well, I think there's a lot of people that would argue that Woody Allen's moral compass is fundamentally flawed. It's um, incapable of giving a correct reading, being you know tilted towards pedophilia. Uh, if yeah, but anyway, um, so what else is I going to talk about? Uh, so I'm reading, I've got, I've ordered quite a few books recently. I just can't seem to stop buying books. And there's a new, uh, well, new to me, I hadn't seen it before. There's another John Classen children's book, another one about another hat. This is about two turtles who find one hat. And there's only two, there's, there's only one hat, but there's two turtles, and these turtles are friends. And, and in John Classen's, um, I want to say inimitable style because I think it is, it is he really does have a, a new voice a new take on storytelling um, his the space that exists in his storytelling is um, sculptural you know he, he really really leaves a lot of space around his story and um, you as the reader you, you fill it in and that's what's really wonderful about him so I got that I think it's called we found a hat. Um, so I bought that. I also bought um, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, which I think I had for my um, first child. And um, I got a copy of it in card because my little boy has really taken to books. We've got a set of four now, including The Hungry Caterpillar, cardboard books. So they're nice and solid books. I can leave them on his, on his bed or, you know, within reach. And sometimes I come in and in the morning or after his nap and uh, the books are in the bed he's been looking at them he's been reading the books and I think that's really wonderful that he feels you know uh, interested enough to, to pick them up and, and play with them and he knows the stories he knows them inside out he knows what they're called and he knows which one's which and I uh, say which one do you want and he says sip he wants a green sheep or he will say sleep which is quite hard to tell the difference between and that means my cat just sleeps um, or we say mum, which is my mum by Anthony Brown. Uh, and now he's, yeah, no worries. Um, he's been choosing uh, 
the very hungry caterpillar for the last couple of days because it's the new book and I think he really loves the little holes in the in the pages you know um, on Monday he ate through one apple but he was still hungry this little hole and I, and he loves the way that those um, actually we should start reading the odd egg by Emily Gravett as well because that's got that sort of sections of the pages um, thing going on I've also got um, we're going on a bear hunt so yeah hopefully we've got um, enough books I mean everything goes in stages me and me and my daughter we still read quite simple children's books because the good the really good children's books I think you should be able to read them at any time I'm, I'm not I'm not one of those people that believes in um, telling people no that's too young for you obviously there's you know you don't want them reading something that's shit <laughs> but but when these books are good I don't see any harm in allowing them to read the good early early works early style books as often as as they like you know um, I really really would like to go and see Thor Ragnarok uh, I don't know when I'm gonna get to see it um, I might not get to see it in the cinema I didn't get to see Dunkirk in the cinema either um, there's a million things that I've missed this year but uh, it was really funny I found a so I've had a crush it's not a crush Taika Watita Taika Watita has been of interest to me since I watched the making of extra bits on the DVD of Eagle vs Shark I went oh you are really good looking you know he's tall and he's handsome and he's funny and and he's got he's got beautiful coloring and he's just he's delightful plus he's a director he's made that beautiful film and I love that film I love Eagle vs Shark I think it's hilarious Lauren Horsley is just divine and you know I like Jermaine Clement he plays he plays a person that you don't really like and it's funny I've been listening I'm gonna get my water I've been listening to quite a bit of Flight of the Concord so I've got two of their albums and I was also you know lucky enough to see them play live before they had a TV show like they did this great show in um, Edinburgh and my friend got us tickets and we went and that was really really good. I remember there the, uh, her name was Barbara Barbara Barbara, Barbara. Like, they're, they're so funny but there are elements of their the if you unpack <laughs> if you break down what the lyrics the implication of some of the lyrics of their songs they are a little bit sexist and not in the way that they can find amusing oh she's so hot she's making me sexist it's not it's not like that it's like they are limited by a certain male perspective that makes it difficult to truly and completely enjoy their music as a female audience member because you are reduced to an object and I think that's one thing that we don't really it, it's quite sort of difficult to explain that to someone that when you have been reduced to an object and really you were enjoying something as a subject it's um, it's disconcerting it, it throws you out of the moment where you were actually just being told a story and enjoying a moment and you suddenly go oh this isn't for me as a female you go oh this isn't for me because all they want to do is take my clothes off and yeah and I suppose that um, that in a way comes back to um, the idea that the, the the male perspective being the dominant perspective being the one that uses up all the oxygen in the culture and the only female perspectives that 
get hurt are the ones that successfully manipulate the male perspective. You know, it's like everybody um, is so mad at Madonna for continuing to dress sexy while she's aging. That's because she's being viewed through a male prism of um, attractiveness and um, desirability. She's, she's, she's crossed an age line and now they want her to just, what? What do they want her to do? They want her to stop being sexy. They want her to stop owning her sexuality because as far as they're concerned, she's not interesting anymore. And I think that goes back to that fertility window, you know, like they say that a woman over her fertile age becomes invisible, like, good, fuck, tired of being visible in that way, you know, I think uh, there's, there's, um, there's surely there's some relief in that, but then you read about, oh God, there's, there's women being raped in their 80s, I've read two news stories in the past two weeks, this isn't my making this up, of women being sexually assaulted, that both the victims were in their 80s or 90s. Like 87, some woman was, he attacked her at a train station and someone else got attacked in her home. Like, enough, enough. Sometimes I think we need, we need kind of an all-female body, an all-female authority, like, and, And that authority could veto things that were being proposed for society. I think that would be awesome. Um, the the climate change letter that was written with the you know fifteen hundred scientists. What they were talking about partially was um, urban development. You know, urban hot zones and leading to um, uh, increased carbon carbon dioxide emissions. Um, and, uh, and I was thinking about how we, we uh, the, how when someone's developing a block of land, they just clear all the trees. If I could enact one local law, it would be that you have to do everything in your, you're not allowed to just clear a block, you have to maintain the trees. Any existing trees have as much right to stay there as you have a right to build a house and if we can't build a house that can keep tree roots out of our plumbing then maybe we should improve our plumbing not chop down all of the trees because the trees will provide a solution to that situation that the 1500 some climate scientists are writing desperately trying to convince dinosaurs to consider other people Sean Parker made a really interesting comment the other day. He's the guy that Justin Timberlake played in the Social Network film. Um, and he said, I'm a, I'm a billionaire, I'll have access to healthcare. And you wanna see what really, what real wealth disparity is, you know? And I thought that was a very interesting comment. It's like, there's a different type of rich man I say man because most of them are men. And I suppose that's the other that's the other issue, isn't it? That economic the ability to develop economic wealth is a gendered issue. Men have far greater access to the ability to grow capital than women do by virtue of a, a series of systematic um, uh, inequalities. And um this is going on a bit long, isn't it? I, I just, I will, um, I'll say one more thing and then I will um, sign off. I bought myself a really fantastic summary pop record. Um, I shazammed a song in a cafe and 
then I followed a link through, I installed Spotify on my phone for the first time and, um, and it turned out to be a band called San Cisco, who I think are Australian. Um, the album's out on Mushroom, I think, um, and I, I went through to their website and I ordered it directly from them and it arrived in the post. And my favourite song, which if you're looking for a, a really great summery pop song to Google is uh, Hey Did I Do You Wrong from the album The Water. So uh, there's always heaps more that I could talk about, but I don't I don't want these to be too long because, fuck, you know, got enough going on in our lives, don't we? So uh, that's, that's it for me. Um, take care of yourself and I will see you next Tuesday.